1: Hey, what's going on? Welcome to episode number 928 of Locked On Raptors for Monday, April the 19th. I'm your host, Sean Woodley of RaptorsHQ.com. You can find me on Twitter as always at Woodley Sean and find the show at Locked On Raptors. You can also find the podcast on all of your favorite podcast streaming apps, including Apple Podcasts, Google Stitcher, and the brand new Odyssey Sports app. If you are uh, testing out the new Odyssey app, check it out. We're on there. Uh, There's lots of Locked On stuff, including our uh, Ultimate Mock Draft 2021, which is beginning today over on a brand new podcast feed that's featuring a ton of the local experts from the Locked On Network, as well as experts from... Uh, All over the place. Michael Irvin, Brian Baldinger. uh, There's a whole collection of wonderful, smart analysts breaking down the ultimate mock draft 2021. So if you're a football fan, go and subscribe to that podcast feed today. Uh, All right. On today's show, we're diving into another Raptors win, baby. Three in a row, the Raptors are going streaking with a 112-106 win over the dirt franchise that is the Oklahoma City Thunder on Sunday night raptors uh, extending oklahoma city's losing streak to 10 games and uh stay at pace with buff- uh, buffalo <laughs> chicago <laughs> i'm thinking of the college chicago and washington for the 10th seed in the play-in race and joining me to talk about what was a surprisingly fun little sunday night raptors game is our pal big cbc from north courts from uh complex all over the place it's vivek jacob what's going on pal
0: ah, nothing much man just uh Coming off a pretty good weekend, I feel, except for right towards the end, where it was a gut punch with the announcement of uh, the Super League in <laughs> in footy. So that was a bit weird to see, and it's crazy to see. I mean, it will be interesting to see what the falling out will be. There's already threats to ban the players and whatnot and the clubs. And, uh, yeah, just a crazy, crazy day in footy. It kind of came down before. Uh, the Raps Thunder game, so I was kind of watching the game in sort of a daze. <laughs> I was like, "Whoa, this is a lot." And yeah, but hey, it was a fun, it was a fun matchup. And uh, if it if it wasn't known before the game, it was definitely known throughout the game that there were three Montreal players on the court. <laughs> <laughs> oh my
1: god! Oh my god! <laughs> uh, look, I wrote about this last night in my. Uh, but by the way, nice to have you, pal. It's, it's it's good to talk to you. And sorry about the Super League. Um, don't worry, the Red Couch Manx will get the uh, Super League bump, though. You'll be huge. Um, but yeah, uh, what are we talking about? <laughs> what did you say that I laughed at? The uh, my brain just stopped working. What the hell we were talking about,
0: about uh, uh, how could you forget three players from Montreal.
1: Oh, yeah, Montreal. Yeah, no, sorry. I'd had a beat battered over my head so many times last night that I have amnesia. Mm. Uh, it's apparently what's going on here. Yeah, uh, I wrote about this, though, in my recap last night. Like, normally I get kind of annoyed when they use the same Canada's really burgeoning basketball country uh, talking points we heard when Andrew Wiggins was still in college and mm-hmm. before Tristan Thompson was drafted. It's quite insulting. We get it. Canada's good at basketball, but I will admit, I was very happy to lean into the Montreal of it all last night, as Boucher and Dort were trading buckets in the first half, and then Boucher uh, goes on a personal 10-2 run to close this one out, it was pretty fun to kind of latch onto that storyline, because frankly... Going into this game, there wasn't much else to latch on to. Uh, the Thunder are terrible mm-hmm. and are an embarrassment. And the Raptors had their four best players out of the lineup, maybe because they're also trying to lose games. I don't really buy that. We can talk about that at some point if you want. But, um, yeah, just uh, a very fun, exciting game kind of built around that Montreal narrative with some fun little elements sprinkled in as well. Uh, what was your biggest takeaway from this one, Big V?
0: Well, when Chris Boucher gets hot, he gets, he gets really hot. Um, the same for Lou Dort. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I just, I just feel like this is one of those games where both teams were kind of shooting the lights out. And so it was kind of like, who's going to make the last shot? And then Chris Boucher ends up making the most decisive shot. Yeah. I, I thought it was just kind of a fun game where, you know, Nick Nurse talked about how he views development as Teaching new, new guys how to win, uh, inexperienced guys how mm. to win. And so it was nice to see them close out the game. That, that's probably my biggest takeaway. Like, you know, the way that fourth quarter was shaping up, it was like, okay, who is going to make the most mistakes here? And, you know, probably in that sense is a little ncaa in terms of that. It basically came down to who's going <laughs> to make less mistakes, but mm-hmm. you take it uh, as a Raptors fan. You would take that. They've got three straight, and I don't know if it's uh, setting up to be the best thing for them because Miami is uh, looking more and more settled into that seventh spot (laughs) 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 with the Knicks just winning. So it's not not looking great to do all this to to face the Miami Heat at some point.
1: They won't have to play Miami, though. It's the latter, baby. They would play... The ninth seed, and then they play the, the loser no, of... Miami. No, but that's what I'm saying. Like I was
0: kind of hoping they'd be mm. sixth and the Knicks would be in the, in the seventh spot, but... Oh, I see what you The, mean. the way yeah, the Knicks yeah. are going, they're settling in yeah. nicely. Obviously, the Celtics are kind of sailing away as well, so mm-hmm. Miami being in the play-in tournament is not great.
1: Yeah, I would still expect them to beat Charlotte uh maybe that's not something you would want to expect but it'd be really funny if the raptors and heat were playing and whoever's in i guess the sixers in the one seed are sitting there looking down like oh my god we don't want to play either of these teams uh (laughs) but uh and by the way the raptors net rating 2.2 points per 100 better than the miami heat i realized last night um so continue to be the best bad team ever or the worst good team ever. We can discuss uh, <laughs> that later on is a little bit as well, too. Um, yeah, I like your point about the sort of crunch time effort being the big takeaway, and I'll take that one further. And honestly, my big takeaway is I thought this was the best game Malachi Flynn's played so far, mm-hmm. uh, or right near the top. He was just so in control. The fourth quarter, I mean, he kind of took over the scoring and he's done this a lot recently where he just kind of only scores in the fourth quarter Mm -hmm. and he had a couple huge made threes in there. And they made a point about this on the broadcast last night, but it's worth bringing up again. He continues to be just dynamite at taking care of the ball. And that is so underrated as like a thing to have kind of squared away in terms of skills this early in a guy's career and Mm -hmm. you know obviously he's had some high turnover games here and there but for the most part it's been down in the last four games 23 assists to two turnovers and he just looks like he knows where every pass is going and why every pass is going that to that place he he just looks so comfortable right now and 15 7 and 5 last night not his biggest stat uh, you know line or anything like that just yet this season but I I don't know I, I thought he was the reason things kind of came together in that fourth quarter because, you know, Boucher kind of went missing from the end of the first half to like the final three minutes and that little 21 minute spot in between You needed other guys to kind of contribute, and you got that from Gillespie, Watanabe, who we'll talk about, I'm sure. But uh, I thought Flynn just organizing the offense and kind of getting everybody in position and also doing some quarterbacking on defense. I I just thought it was a really, really nice game from him overall. Did you have a similar amount of glee watching Malachi Flynn dissect whatever that Thunder roster is?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I I think – the first takeaway you had is the biggest one. The fact that he's taking care of the ball so well. It's 132 minutes now with two turnovers. I think for a rookie, like you can't understate that. That's incredible. And so for him to mature this quickly with the minutes that he's getting, it's really encouraging. You almost feel weird saying that the game is slowing down for a rookie, but it really is. Uh, and. I think he's picking his spots better, and even you look at the fourth quarter's scoring, it's just understanding uh, where his moments are going to come. And so, yeah, I think Kyle Lowry said it best too. It's just, as if you're Malachi Flynn, you know you can score. You know that is going to come. It's about getting other players in the right spots. It's about getting everyone in a flow. And then, you know, when you kind of accentuate, and this is what Kyle Lowry has done for years, when you accentuate everyone else's skills, uh, it makes your life easier, too, because it's just going to open up space for everyone. So I, I think he's really starting to do that. And hopefully you can keep it going, because this is uh, fun to watch.
1: It certainly is. And I'm really intrigued to see what his role is going to look like, assuming... Kyle and Fred get back here at some point soon. The schedule kind of evens out now. They're nine and fourteen is over. Uh, they only have two games this coming week, and you know they're getting fines, I guess, for resting players or incorrectly labeling why players are not playing, which seems a little bit petty on the NBA's part to slap them for twenty five k, which is peanuts. But whatever, I'm not mad. Uh, why, why do I care about the team's money? Uh, <laughs> but um, yeah, I, I'm curious where he'll sort of slot in. Does he? continue to play like 25 ish minutes kind of working in with Kyle and Fred seeing what those two point guard lineups look like do they go three point guard lineups at times Uh, just to kind of get a look at it I think Flynn's played himself into a position now where you can't not have him be a regular part of the rotation he's just he's too important he's bringing too much in terms of creation and ball handling that they kind of sorely lack elsewhere outside of their main two guards Um, you know, Siakam obviously offers a little bit here, but you can never have too much ball handling. And and I just, I'm curious to see, they seem committed to developing him down the stretch here. And I would hope that they would keep on leaning into it and, you know, work him in to see how he looks with with Fred and Kyle in different iterations and um, play him with starter heavy lineups, play him with bench heavy lineups, play him with the lineup we saw start and finish last night, which might well be the bench for the team next season. You know, kind of get a look at all of it. I, uh, I very much look forward to the final 14 games being mostly about Malachi Flynn and where he's fitting in, and also maybe playing for the 10-10 seed.
0: Um, yeah. I, so that's fun. Nick yeah. I mean, Nick said pregame that Malachi is going to play a lot, and even w- when commenting about the fine that the Raptors received, you know, it was like, wh- why was Kyle listed as rest when he's had that toe infection thing kind of going on? And mm-hmm. Nick kind of hinted that well that really is what it is cuz he's rested for the 3 4 games now and he's it would seem that he is okay to play but uh they obviously have other plans in mind so Malachi is going to play a lot and regardless of what happens down the stretcher i i think you know i i i feel pretty confident that he will see at least at least 25 minutes a game
1: yeah, here's hoping. Uh, I do want to get into the race for the 10th seed and sort of the Raptors' intentions in just one second. We've also got some news and notes to pass along as a couple of guys sign new contracts over the weekend. Mm-hmm. So we'll get to that. Um, but first, let me tell you about our friends over at Indeed, who are the place you want to go if you are looking to make a hire for your company. Indeed is the job site that makes hiring as easy as 123. Post, screen, and interview all on Indeed. Get your quality shortlist of candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job description faster only pay for the candidates that meet must-have qualifications and schedule and complete video interviews in your indeed dashboard indeed makes connecting with hi- and hiring the right talent fast and easy with tools like indeed instant match giving you quality candidates whose resume on indeed fits your job description immediately and indeed skills Test that on average reduces hiring time by 27 you can choose from more than 130 skills tests or add your own then add your must-have requirements so you only pay for applications that meet them. According to Talent Nest, Indeed delivers four times more hires than all other job sites combined. If you're hiring, you need Indeed. Get started right now with a free $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job posted at Indeed.com slash locked. Get a $75 credit at Indeed.com slash locked. Indeed.com slash locked offer valid through June 30th. Terms and conditions apply. Today's show is also brought to you by our friends over at Built Bar, making the best-tasting protein bar around. They have an 18-flavor, amazing lineup featuring classics like lemon-almond cheesecake, mint brownie, toffee almond, and orange. Bars are covered in 100% chocolate, and they're soft and easy easy to chew. They're also great for the health-conscious person. You can lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. Bars are low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, great for keto diets as well. Lovely. If you're going for a workout or something, you don't want to feel too bogged down by your meal beforehand, a Built Bar gets the job done wonderfully well. Go to BuiltBar.com, use the promo code LOCKED15, that's L-O-C-K-E-D-15, all one word, and get 15% off your next order. That's the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. All right, Big V. Let's continue on here. Uh, just a heads up, though, before we get into the race for the 10 seed, fun episode coming on Tuesday. I'm going to be joined by Wendy Sparks, who is the mother of Kem Birch and the host of the Courtside Moms podcast. Uh, very much looking forward to that one. Amazing. Kind of fun. So tune in for that on Tuesday. It might drop a little bit later in the day than typically. We're chatting in the afternoon, so keep an eye out. Probably in the 3 to 4 o'clock hour as opposed to the morning, which is when these usually tend to drop. Mm-hmm. It should be very fun. Uh, all right. Big V. Mm-hmm. The race for the 10 seed. It's, it's hot. It's heavy. <laughs> Everybody wants the 10 seed, baby. It's uh, <laughs> just uh, a trio of titans fighting for the 10 between the Raptors, the Bulls, and the Wizards. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Wizards have won four in a row. The Raptors now three in a row. I think it's pretty clear that just on talent alone, The Raptors are the best of these teams, but obviously talent doesn't mean everything this year because this is a dumb fake season where things can get derailed at a moment's notice. I'm curious. It seems like the Raptors, like you said, have been not so worried about the race for the 10 seed. Clearly, they have been resting guys, being cautious with guys. I still tend to think it's more about playing nine games in 14 days on the heels of a team wide COVID outbreak than it is with trying to lose games Mm -hmm. but maybe that's me being naive i do feel like as the schedule lightens up here a little bit we'll see you guys play a little bit more often less rest all that stuff i'm curious do you think the team cares about the 10 seed cares about getting in the play-in game are they trying to avoid it at all costs like i'm really sort of curious what you think their intentions are here and also what you think their intention should be should they be gunning for that ten seed and ultimately the 8th seed in the playoff race or should they be kind of taking the foot off the gas here and just getting the hell out uh healthy and not overexerting for the right to lose in the first round
0: well first off i think since it's the raptors bulls and wizards in the mix i think they should just do a throwback one-on-one tournament and have rafer alston <laughs> go up against jamal crawford go up against maybe gilbert arenas and just have <laughs> it settled that way. Uh, no, but in all seriousness, I don't think we can say that the Raptors uh, are, you know, trying to miss out on the plane at all costs, because I don't think they would have won three straight and, uh, you know, be in the 10th position right now, if that were the case, I think, you know, that there's ways that you can set your lineups and, Specifically, maybe play Aaron Baines if you really wanted to do that. So uh, I don't think that's the case. I do think there is some truth to just managing the health, as you said. And I think the way the season has gone, I think they're, they're all kind of in the mode of, you know, we're going to play it as we best see fit and we're going to prioritize health. And when the games come, we'll try and win the game. Mm-hmm. And then whatever comes of it, comes of it. And so as far as the value of being in a play in tournament and potentially making the playoffs, I'm always going to think there's value in that. I I think when you look at developing, I side with what Nick is saying about development being about teaching players good habits and teaching them winning habits. And so if you can Mm. get in a playoff environment, if you can get in an elimination-style game, you come through that, you get playoff experience against one of the top teams in the East. To me, that holds a lot of value as far as your development is concerned going into the next season. And I think we saw this from uh, the championship season, and we saw some of that carry over into the next season where people sort of uh, assumed that with Kawhi, Uh, and to a lesser extent Danny gone that the Raptors would kind of lose their way a bit and not be contenders anymore but I think the value of that experience alone of going all the way to the top of the mountain the players gained so much of that and we saw that swagger and we and obviously we thought some of that was going to carry over into this season unfortunately it didn't but I do think for the younger players on this team, there would be a lot of value in getting into the playoffs. Maybe, you know, you can argue, I um, I can definitely hear that argument that, oh, if you only get one game and you're knocked out, th- then obviously that's not going to hold too much. But uh, if you can get to the playoffs, then I do think there's value in that.
1: Yeah, and, you know, I know are people will be like, oh, but the draft lottery, oh my God, the draft lottery. And it's like, really? They're not... Losing all that much around by trying to go for this, yeah. Like they could, it's a small percentage chance. Like shit happens. Like they were, I think, the eighth highest odds team when they got Barnyani. But like building your team on hoping that the seven point five percent outcome at best happens is like (laughs) people got mad at the Raptors for you know lining up cap space for Giannis in the in the summer of twenty twenty one. It's a similar like value play here, so like it, it, even lesser than that probably because it, you know you're still getting a good pick out of it regardless in what is supposed to be a deep draft in which the mid to late lottery is going to have some guys that you can quickly add to this mix and like you're really again not losing all that much ground here. The worst they're going to do if they make it to the plane and then and then crap out and don't win the two games to get the eighth seed. The worst they'll do is like the tenth or eleventh pick, which is totally fine, and you know you, you're happy with that, and you you can you wield that as a trade piece, you can use the pick, whatever, and like at the very high end, they're not getting past like the sixteenth pick because they're gonna be the lowest seeded team in the postseason in all likelihood, like they're and they're, they're gonna be they're gonna be fine. Look at the fifteenth to 16th, whatever it might be. That's a totally reasonable place to end up, even if you lose that minuscule chance you're going to jump up in in the draft lottery. And to me, the trade off between having that five percent or seven percent chance of number one and having no percent chance of number one, but a pick that's only like five spots later than you probably would end up anyway, like that's worth pushing to the playoffs for me. That's worth trying to. Uh, get these guys some extra playoff run and maybe put a scare into the Sixers and a 1-8. Like, I don't think the Sixers are signing up for the, yes, let's please play the Raptors in round one. Like, no. Like, mm-hmm. Joel Embiid was just on the low post last week talking about how the Raptors give him fits. They don't want that matchup. Nobody's going to want that matchup. The Nets probably don't care. But still, weird stuff happens. And I'd rather be in the position to capitalize on weird stuff happening in the weirdest season possible than just sort of riding up the string here and, again, not instilling those winning habits in guys. Because, like like you said, if they're attempting to lose and going out of their way to not win these games, we don't see last night's strides when it comes to the, the crunch time offense with Boucher and the way things were run by Malachi Flynn and all that. Like, that's just not a priority. And you become like the Thunder, who are just drifting in this, like garbage mass like of a roster like there's there's nothing positive happening there because they've said out and out we don't want to try to win these games we're going to lose all these games and it's going to be good for us and we're going to sit down our healthy players and apparently avoid fines for that because if we say it out loud it's fine again not mad about the fine at all um, <laughs> it's just you know the Yes, the dream of number one was always fun and cool when they were, you know, looking at like the sixth or seventh worst record. But they're just not going to do that because they're leaning into the development right now, and they're winning games because they're good and Dick Nurse is a good coach, and they have good complimentary pieces, and they have now fewer bad players on the roster. That they're giving minutes to. It's just, it's totally worth the trade off to me if they're going to miss out on the high draft lottery ceiling. And end up with a slightly lesser pick That'll still be pretty good Where they'll still get a good player Like You're you're telling me that Masai Ujiri and Bobby Webster With the 15th pick Can't do something I'm sure they'll be just fine So (laughs) I don't know (laughs) Push for it is what I'm saying Like bring everyone back man I don't care Like Push for it Don't play Kyle and Fred 41 minutes a game necessarily But If you want to get them out there And get them Like some reps With the younger guys I think that's a great call And when you put together this full roster at full strength, it's still quite good. And now all of a sudden has the depth to kind of uphold those main four guys that they didn't quite have at the start of the season because necessity has forced them to kind of cultivate that depth. So mm-hmm. I don't know. Am I missing anything? Am I off the mark here with the, what I think the rest of this season should be? Like, I would like them to push to go 14-0 and to close the season. That would be cool to me. Uh, <laughs> like, yeah, I put mean, all the chips in.
0: Maybe the one thing I would add is an aspect of this that we're maybe underestimating because we're so far away from it is in a season that has been hell, like winning is one of the few things that winning a basketball is one of the few things they get to look forward to. (laughs) Yeah. So, you know, if that's one of the few things they get to enjoy, uh, then just go ahead and do what you can to win. Um, So, I feel like there's even aspects of, like, even now, just watching the press conferences, like, Nick Nurse seems happier. Some of the guys come on and they seem happier. And
1: Have you seen the benches? The bench is, like, ecstatic these days. Exactly, right? And so, you
0: can't tell me that doesn't do things, uh, positive things, for their mental health. So, you know, uh, in a season like this, uh, I think that that holds a lot of value, too. Um, Just one quick thing I wanted to add. uh, Yeah the barniani draft they had a pre-draft lottery position of 5th and they moved okay. up to number 1 uh, they had an 8.8% chance of uh, the number 1 pick that year
1: yeah it's uh yeah they're not going to get an 8.8% chance here either because they're not going to go up to as high as seventh or or anything like that. they might get seventh i suppose but <laughs> no like they're they're too good the kings are losing every game the calves suck the like everyone else is much better at losing games than the raptors are because they're garbage franchises like i don't know what to say <laughs> like the raptors you know they kind of go to this mode where it's like oh things aren't going well we'll just develop and cultivate and oh shit we're good at that too <laughs> and they start winning games so yeah i uh there's nothing to be upset here about i i feel like they have the inside track at beating out Chicago and Washington maybe i'm wrong but uh with Levine down and Washington being as weird as they are i i think they certainly are the favorites to me and um you know a 1-8 series with Philly could be kind of fun <laughs> could be very fun they probably lose it but i i think they put a spook into them and who the hell knows what happens in this weird ass season uh, we do know a couple things that happened over the weekend, Big Fee, and that is uh, a pair of dudes who we quite like signed contracts to stick with the Raptors for longer periods of time. We will get into the new contracts for Yuta Watanabe and Freddie Gillespie, as well as a couple other notes from the game against the Thunder in just one second. But first, I want to tell you, better friends over at BetOnline.ag, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports action. Football might be over, but the NBA, college basketball. There's no college basketball. I lied about that. But there's there's the NHL, there's MLB, and uh, a whole bunch of other stuff you can bet on as well of course awards tv shows reality tv it never stops there's a million things to bet on with real-time updated odds and props and almost anything you can imagine BetOnline has you covered for all the news scores and odds and it's the best way to place your bets it's also free to sign up just head over to betonline.ag right now and receive a 50 percent welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use the promo code locked on all one words betonline.ag promo code locked on your online sportsbook experts All right, let's uh, close this thing out here, Big V. Uh, I wanted to talk a little bit about the contract signed by Yuta Watanabe and Freddie Gillespie. Gillespie gets a 10-day, a second 10-day after Sunday, I believe, was the expiry date of his first 10-day, and he promptly comes out scores 10 points on four four shooting in the game against the thunder last night as a way to back up the raptors belief in him i suppose and yuta watanabe this morning reported by our pal blake murphy that he is signing a deal that is uh for the rest of this season as well covers next season with the toronto raptors converted from a two-way to a proper nba contract uh extremely deserved for both uh who do you want to start with here which one of these deals makes you the happiest big v
0: Well, I guess there's still a bit of uncertainty with Freddie Gillespie, uh, seeing Mm -hmm. how it's another 10 days. So let's start with Utah, because that is a full contract, which is nice to see. So uh, I I think think with Utah, the biggest thing I've seen him improve is just his assertiveness. And, you know, as as soon as the ball gets to him now, if he's open, it's going up. And uh, I think that confidence is really important because in a season where, especially now where guys are missing, you can't be sort of looking over your shoulder saying, Hey, is this my sort of turn uh, to take a shot here? No, you're open. You got a good look, you take it. And so it's, it's great to see that confidence level up and, you know, he's talked about balancing being, you know, a role player and doing the right things for the team and also, you know, being a little selfish when he needs to be. And, you know, I think people can get confused with being greedy in terms of wanting your own and thinking it's something that hurts the team. But sometimes when you turn down an open shot, you are hurting the team. So uh mm-hmm. I think that's the biggest thing that I've seen change with him. Obviously, that injury seems well past him. So uh he's moving better. And defensively, we know the hustle is just constantly going to be there. So, yeah, mm-hmm. super happy for him.
1: Yeah, he just he's become so important to these bench lineups where they're so bereft of offensive talent, and because he is being more assertive and kind of being a little bit, bit more greedy with it, it's kind of giving those lineups a bit of an offensive outlet that they haven't had before, and I, I'm not saying he's going to run lineups or anything like that and be sort of a, a fulcrum up by any means, but... The fact that he's been able to do that in a pinch and just kind of give those lineups a little bit of extra juice is a really great start. And, you know, he's only been in the development sort of system with the Raptors for a few months now. I am really excited to see what a full off season might look like. And the strides he's showing late here, and look, it's always dangerous to, you know, we see this all the time, guys kind of show out in the late game, late late part of the season where maybe some teams have mailed it in, <coughs> OKC, okay, um, and, you know, you're kind of getting lesser versions of opponents night to night but i i really do think what he's showing like there's no reason he can't continue it he's got a little bit of a handle to him he's a nice little playmaker he sees the floor well he had four assists last night a couple of which were were really nice the one in crunch time to boucher underneath the basket was huge um you know these kind of got a little bit of a sort of playmaking forward type vibe to him and that's pretty nice especially if he's going to shoot like near 40% from 3 which is what he's at this year. Pretty small volume obviously, but recently the uptick in volume followed by you know the the very nice efficiency does kind of give me some hope that maybe he can be a higher higher volume guy going forward. The form looks good, the confidence is there very clearly. He's got the touch, you know, he's a nice little piece and if he Comes back next season and is a full-time part of the bench. I wouldn't be surprised if he's like a perfect 11th man. It's also a nice thing to have on hand. But it it does kind of continue what we've seen here recently where the Raptors are just kind of, you know, securing some pieces for what next year's team might look like. And we don't know what things are necessarily going to look like at the top with Lowry. Maybe they go get some other sort of star in a trade, whatever it might be. But the back part of the roster is looking very stable and almost kind of put together already, which is quite nice and Watanabe figures to be a big part of that a really nice success story congrats to him and uh, I look forward to watching him play for the Raptors for at least another season beyond this one he's a he's a very very cool player and easy as hell to root for Um, Freddie Gillespie you mentioned another 10-day contract it seems as though this is heading towards They will give him a full contract at some point. It's just maybe a bit of a cost-cutting measure to put him on the 10 days here to sort of kick it down the road a little bit, which, you know, you can have your quibbles with cost-cutting measures. I get it in this instance, considering the cost that this season has been for the Raptors. I kind of understand it. But, um, you know, assuming the plan is to convert him eventually to a full NBA contract for next season— I, I I like that. He's looked pretty good. He's looked like a fun little third big to have on the team, and there's some development to do there as well with him. Uh, you know, would you like to see? I, I'm assuming your answer is yes, but do you want to see Freddie Gillespie around beyond this second 10 day? And what have you liked about his, you know, 11 days with the team so far?
0: Yeah, I would see, I'd like to see him extend his time with the Raptors. I think that as a third string big, Uh, on potentially next year's team, depending on what that looks like, that he's a useful piece to have. I think defensively, we've seen that he understands positioning, that he can use his body well. Um, and, you know, offensively, I think, you know, that there's opportunities there on the offensive glass uh, that he can get to. There's, uh, that general mobility that has been lacking on the team at the five position is something that at his size is fun to watch. And that's something both him and Ken Birch are now providing in spades. So, uh yeah, I think to have that type of size and still have a, a solid level of agility, mobility, and, you know, I, I imagine his defensive awareness will only continue to improve. So yeah, absolutely. would like to see him back.
1: Yeah, um, he is just a nice, steady, don't have to run anything for him. He'll set really hard screens. uh, We're going to call him Steady Freddy too now? No, no. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) New Freddy works, I guess. Uh, (laughs) The the broadcast, just having a time recently. But um, no, like he, as as Blake Murphy pointed out, uh, I believe on Friday, even when he's like not involved in the action, he's just screening dudes at all points. Mm-hmm. Just just throwing his ass into people. You like to see that. Um, yeah. He just seems like a smart basketball player who maybe doesn't have like the clear physical gifts to be like a, a high upside prospect or anything like that. But there's a lot to be said for a high floor and it seems like he's got that like he's smart around the rim. He's a solid sort of sturdy, not too erratic rim protector You mentioned the offensive rebounding. That's just a nice little element they haven't really had in a very long time. Like, even Ibaka and Gasol, that was not their bag whatsoever. Like, Mm -hmm. they were not crashing the offensive glass. Ibaka, a little bit, but not really. Like, that was sort of like a Jakob Pertl, Jonas Valanciunas thing that they haven't really had since those guys were in town. So, it's nice to see that. Um, And, yeah, he just... He also seems like a wonderful guy, and having wonderful guys in the team is uh, is nice. I, I, <laughs> I would give contracts to all manner of dudes just based on them being wonderful and <laughs> who cares about their basketball talent. He also happens to have a little bit of basketball talent, which is quite nice. Um, so congrats to him for getting the second 10-day and uh, hopefully we get to see him stick around and again kind of get put into that development system get a summer league assuming that's happening this offseason um, you know, run him with Malachi Flynn for a, a good stretch of time in summer league if they're able to I think there's uh, something there and it's worth sticking around and, and, and seeing what's there uh, for the Raptors I think going forward into next season um, I guess that's kind of all we got there's a lot of things I want to get to this week um, sort of diving into Gary Trent and, you know, where he kind of fits and the idea of last night's starting or finishing lineups kind of being the potential bench for next season. But we can save all that because we don't have a lot to talk about this week game-wise. There's only one game uh, until Saturday. So we will spread out some of those sort of deeper dive tof- topics for later in the week. Uh, again, Wendy Sparks coming up tomorrow's podcast as well, so that should be a ton of fun. Uh, but that's going to do it here. Big V, anything you want to plug?
0: Just the usual stuff, man. Complex, CBC, North Courts. Twitter, I'm Jacob Red Couch Banks. I think that covers it. Red Couch
1: Banks, man, the must-listen-to podcast after the Super League news. <laughs> There's uh, no other show that you should be listening to. I promise you that. Um, yeah, you're, are you going to get some of that sweet, sweet Super League money just based off the podcast?
0: Uh, no, <laughs> definitely not. <laughs> That's exactly the point of the Super League. Keep the, keep the small guys out of it. <laughs>
1: Yeah, true, true. You can become the official podcast of the Super League. Uh, <laughs> Locked on Super League will get you fired up there. Um but anyway that's uh, going to do it for today's episode. You can find me on Twitter at Woodley Sean. You can read my recap of last night's game over at RaptorsHQ.com. Uh, uh, basketball is going strong. Last week's episode with Katie Heindel was a ton of fun. We had Kelly Dwyer on the show. He played guitar throughout. We talked about Steely Dan. It was great. Uh, so go listen to uh, Basketball. The CEBL show had an episode out last week with Charles Kissy of the Guelph Nighthawks, former Raptors 905 assistant coach as well, or current Raptors 905 assistant. And uh Yeah. Lots of stuff to check out. We appreciate you always. We'll be back again on Tuesday with Wendy Sparks of Courtside Moms and uh, also being the mother of Kem Birch. It's going to be a ton of fun. And uh, we'll talk to you then with another episode of Locked on Raptors. Bye-bye.